What is going on? Welcome to the Coach's Corner, a podcast dedicated to helping coaches get more clients, make more money, and book themselves solid. I'm your host, Lucas Rubik, the Coach's Coach, and I am 100% committed to helping you build the coaching business of your dreams. Welcome to the Coach's Corner. Going on, it's Lucas from the Coaches Corner, helping coaches get more clients, make more money, book themselves solid, and have a bigger impact because that's what we're really in it for is having an impact. And the guest on the show today has had a gigantic impact. And I've spent, like I was telling you, Craig, I spent like six hours going through the internet trying to find like your accomplishments, what you do. And I came up with 60 pages. And I'm like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't make my intro 60 pages long. So well, I it's better, than, going, it's better one... than spending six hours and not finding anything. That would have been creepy, isn't it? Like, yeah. I was Googling you. So I got a page here, and I'm going to try to rip it out, and it's amazing. But you're an author, trainer, coach, speaker. You've got a daily newsletter that reaches 150,000 readers every single day, teaching people how to build their wealth, improve their health, and be the best versions of themselves. You're the owner of Early Rise. The website gets, what, quarter million views a day or a month? Yeah, I wish so, it was quarter million a day. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Creator of Turbulent Training. You've just successfully launched the Perfect Life Retreat. Uh, the Perfect Day Formula, Perfect Life Retreat, that's where I kind of really was just like, dude, you've got some magic going on. You've got the mastermind behind that. You're the author of The Perfect Day Formula. You've got a book on anxiety, which you don't have a title for yet, but it's a book on helping people overcome anxiety, which is a huge topic that needs to be talked about. Your testimonial pages, I'm just like clicking through them, and you've worked with some pretty high-profile people, helping them get structure in their business and their life, all coming from a place where you grew up pretty poor on a farm. Which just like gets my blood pressure spike because you're a living, breathing example of like anything is possible when you put your mind to it. I hope so, yeah. Anything, anything. And it doesn't matter where you start. So many people like hold things like, oh my God, I can't do it because I'm not whatever. So I love that you're on the show. Uh, Craig Ballantyne, thank you for the taking time. Thank you. Um, Okay, so I try to get into a quick little intro of where you come from. So I kind of mentioned you grew up on the farm, but just your quick little story of where you come from, what it is you do now, and what's your mission, what's your purpose, what's your, what's your why for the crazy empire you're building here? Okay, so I grew up in Stratford, Ontario, and I say that because it's the same hometown as Justin Bieber, and I always like to tell people that because I realize I probably will never be the most famous person to come from my hometown, but I also will never be the most disliked person to come from my hometown. Go. So I'm all right with that. So I grew up on a farm. I wanted to be a strength coach in the NHL and the National Hockey League of all things. I went to school and then I started writing for Men's Health Magazine. I got a lucky break in 2000, had been writing for them for 17 years, started selling fitness products in 2001, and I really did that for about 15 years. But then I also bought a business called Early to Rise in 2011, which helps people build their wealth, improve their health, and improve their personal relationships as well. And then I wrote my book, The Perfect Day Formula, in 2015. Because the formula in the book helped me overcome my anxiety attacks, put more structure in my life, and become more successful. And that's what I use to coach other people today. So I, I help high-performing entrepreneurs and executives to really get more done, make more money, and still get home on time for dinner so they can really focus on what matters. Cool. And you are like the perfect guest to have on the Coaches Corner because we deal with a lot of coaches. I'm helping coaches build their business, especially online. And you've been mm-hmm. doing this coaching thing for how long now? Like 15 years, 18 years? Uh, you know, I had my first business seminar in 2007, so really it's been 10 years of business coaching business that I've coaching. been doing. Fitness coaching yeah. before that? 
Um, you know, I did personal training, then I just sold my products online. I didn't really do a lot of fitness coaching online. It was more like I had my own version of P90X. It was just selling the videos and and the manuals. You were kind of one of the first guys doing it. One of the first, yeah. I mean, Tom Venuto was my mentor and he, he wrote Burn the Fat, Feed the Muscle and was the guy that I hired because I said, wow, if Tom's doing that, I want to do the same. And so there wasn't a lot of competition when I started. I thought there was a lot of competition, but it's not like today. And so that was my when I started breaking through was around 2003, 2004, and I hired Tom in 2006, and I I basically went full-time around then. Cool, cool. How much would you say the marketing, just to get off topic a little bit, how much would you say it's changed since 2003 to 2017? Well, I think in, in a way the fundamentals are the same. You have to have a strong message. It has to be different than what other people are doing, but the way you can deliver a message today, there's, you know, 90 different ways. I mean, you can... You can be all in on Instagram. You can be all in on YouTube. You can be all in on Facebook Lives. You can be all in on Facebook advertising. You can do a whole bunch of different things. But at the end of the day, the principles of selling are still the same. We're still humans, um, you know, 15 years later after 2002. And so really that's the same. But there's just so many more ways of doing it. Uh, There's also a bigger audience. So that's a good thing too. Right. I have a sales expert who's on the podcast and he sold like tens of millions of dollars old school door to door 30, 40 years ago. But what wow. he teaches when he talks about the old school sales is like it's the exact same thing with a sales page, overcoming objections before they ask. It's the exact same formula, just the mediums I guess change. But it's exactly Yeah, same thing. and you know what? You know what Lucas is I sell five thousand dollar workshops through Instagram direct messages. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, is I mean, that where people can find you? Uh, you know, some people contact me, so I'll, I'll post the dates of my workshop in a story. People right. will say, hey, tell me more. I'll send them to the sales page. They'll right. come back to me with questions. I might sell them directly through the inst- through the Instagram direct message, or I might jump on the phone with them, explain more. But, you know, I have sold plenty of workshops without talking to somebody on the phone, wow. just through the message and sending the link. Wow, 5000 bucks. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. i got to get on a phone to sell that, but just to sell it through. I guess as you build your credibility – and like those names that are associated with you, it's much easier. Sure. Because they, it's, they all the, it's all the celebrity level. I mean, yeah. Lewis Howes can probably sell a $30,000 program yeah. through direct messaging because of the, the celebrity and fame. So it's all, you know, and that goes to social support, which is one of the keys to selling online, uh, direct mail, door to door, you know, video sales letter. Social support is, or social proof is a key, and that has a lot to do with celebrity more, now more than ever before. Exactly. So you, need, you do need to manufacture celebrity when you want to be a coach, and you do that through creating video and getting lots of views, like you said, doing a video a day, right. or, you know, having high-profile clients that allow you to have a photo with them. That's what I was going through. You're the perfect life retreat. I keep mixing it up the perfect day, perfect life retreat. I know, I know. I got to call him different things. And then I see Lewis House and I'm like, yeah, done, sold. Like he just, he sells it. So it was a good move. Plus he killed it. Awesome. Like he killed it. He's got a good message. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny. I've known him since 2008 right. before he, you know, really had great success just when he was doing LinkedIn um, because I met him through, Sorry. I met him through Carrie, who was a speaker at my Sorry. event as well. And it's amazing to see what he's done because he just went and owned the podcast and he's continued to get connected with more people, which builds his celebrity, yeah. which makes it easier easier for him to get guests on his show. And, and yeah. he gets on major TV shows now too. He's killing it. He's killing it. I've been following him for a while too. Um, I wanted to dive into really four topics. And I think these are the four biggest things that stood out on the retreat. Like that's the biggest thing I got from it. So I don't want to like rob you of the secrecy behind your retreat, but I'd love to jump into the law of action attraction. Because I'm sick and tired of hearing the law of attraction. And I loved your take on the law of action attraction. 
Uh, the yeah, I'm, I'm happy to explain everything. No problem about that. I got nothing to hold back. But law of attraction is uh, action attraction is a good one to start with. Uh, the self doubt solution because I feel like one of the things as coaches like they're afraid to call themselves experts right off the mm-hmm. bat or get on video and say like I can really help you. They're afraid to command higher prices. They're afraid to sell. And I think when I was going through your self doubt solution, it helped me with a few like the high ticket items that I try to sell. Sometimes I'm like ah, that's a big. It's just a self doubt thing that I'm dealing with. Sure. So I love it. I want to jump into that. The stupid gold stars. I thought that's an awesome exercise. Then the three fee formula. What do you think? Great. Cool. So the law of action attraction. I'll just let you kind of spin that. Right. Right. So during my introduction, I mentioned how you know I started off in the fitness space, and then I hired a coach in two thousand and six, and his name was Tom Venuto. And the very first question on the very first call, Tom said to me, "Craig, what do you want your business to look like in five years from now?" And at the time. I was only doing fitness stuff, but I was a subscriber to the website earlytorise.com. It had been around since 2000. It was started by a guy named Mark Ford. And I said, Tom, I want to have a business like Early to Rise. I want to help people build their wealth and improve their health. And Tom, who was a subscriber of Early to Rise as well, he said, I know that website. Here's what you need to do, Craig. You need to become a better coach, a better speaker, a better trainer, a better author, and you need to build your network. So that was a lot of things that I had to go and do. And I started doing them. I started taking the action. And I met a guy through a mastermind group named Matt Smith. And in 2010, Matt Smith and I were on a a trip with Yannick Silver, our mastermind leader. And we were in the desert of Arizona uh, shooting guns and driving cars with Tim Ferriss, another guy that most people know. And we were all there just having a great adventure. And then on the way back, Matt and I were in the Tucson airport and Matt said, well, what do you want to do with your fitness business? And I said, well, I still want to have something like early to rise and I, I want to help people improve their businesses. And so Matt said, okay, well, let's start a, a, a website helping people grow internet businesses. And then six months later, he was at an event with the owner of Early to Rise and the owner of Early to Rise said to Matt, hey, I'm ready to sell the business. And Matt said, I know a guy that would love to buy it. And so it was five years, three months and 17 yeah, days wow. after I first said to Tom Venuto that I want a business like Early to Rise that I was able to buy the exact business of my dreams. So I was three months and 17 days late, so don't hold that against me. But what this shows is that you need to have that vision. You need to know what you want to attract into your life. So there is a law of attraction component to it, you know, a vision board component component to it. I'm a big believer in that and having the clarity. But I had to go and take a lot of action. I mean, I had to go and work so hard to become a better writer. I had to go and work really hard to become a decent speaker. I have YouTube videos that have been watched 2 million times and they're from 2007 and I am monotonous and boring and I'm like a robot and there's no energy. I'm just so lucky they had good keywords and we're so early in the game. But I had to learn how to get better and bring the energy you know, to do my speaking and my videos. And so when I did all of those things, I attracted the opportunity in my life because I did the work and I took the action. So that's what I mean by the law of action attraction. I love it. And that's what attracted me to you and your message is I remember going to the Fitness Business Summit 2017. My hashtag is like truth. I'm just like, I like to spit the truth. So this is the truth. But I went to the Fitness Business Summit and I was watching you. I think you were one of the first ones, I think. And I was just kind of yeah. like, it, it was awesome. Good information. But I'm like, yeah, the guy's kind of like, he's kind of cold. Like that's my, that was my thought. I'm like, sure, kinda of course. And then I see you six, seven, eight months later and I'm like, I'm like, you were, um, you were top speaker there at the at your new thing and I'm just like in that little bit of time how much you improved or how much you're always improving and you practice what you preach so if anyone's going to follow someone in personal development I like, I like following people who are doing what they say they're doing 
Thank you. And you yeah, I mean, it's like, hard work for me because I'm I'm naturally introverted. Yeah. I don't like to uh, to speak a lot, but uh, I mean, it, that's not an obstacle or that's not a reason to be held back. That's not an excuse. You you shouldn't put yourself in a box and say, "Oh, I'm an introvert, so I can never be a speaker." That's baloney. You can everything's a learnable skill. And you just have to commit and do the work. I was blown away. Even your sales presentation, I'm like, that is one of the better ones. I've, I'm just like, it, it was, there was, I can't say one thing that was not good about any of that event. Like everything was perfect. It was a perfect event. Thank you. Event, and, I, and I worked event. really hard. I practiced that thing like 20 times, uh, probably more than that. And I sent video to my coach, Pedros, and he yeah. sent me feedback. So, you know, it, again, it was, it was doing the work and it was about, uh, you know, looking at it as like a craft, you know, right. and, and looking at other speakers and how they do their presentations. I watched several guys do their sales presentations and I modeled that. Right. Just go and you say, you know what, I've done the work. I'm going to do it with confidence right. and I'm not going to hold back and I'm not going to pull my punches when I make the ask, which we, you know, you know that so many coaches do. They're like scared to ask for, sure. you know, the price they deserve. Sure. Um, but I just, you know, stood up there and said, you know what, this is the price of the program because this is the value that's going to bring. Right. And it was one of the first times where I really had full, full confidence in what I was doing. It showed. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. So the love action, one last thing on that one topic is a lot of coaches, I think, or a lot of people watching that might just say, well, A, I mean, there's a factor of luck involved because the guy, like you can't control the outcome of the guy selling that website at the exact same time. So I think a lot of people brush that off as possibly luck. Um, and so how do you stay, like you didn't know the outcome of that. And sometimes I'll be working with a coach and in six months, you know, they started their online business, they built their funnel, but they're not building the traction they want. And they're yep. quick to give up. They're quick to push through those kind of, they have their vision board. They know what they want, but I know, you know, they're getting, I, we're humans. They're getting up out of bed and they don't want to attack the day. What kept yep. you motivated? Cause if you didn't get it in five years, you would have got it in 10 years or 15 years. It was inevitable for you to see success as taking those actions. What keeps you in the game? I think it's really the vision of what I want to do and, and, you know, helping people and coaching people and showing them what works is just something that's always driven me. And it, it's in a weird way because, you know, I just don't like it when people are struggling with things. And that's, that's the best way to explain it. Like when, when you sit around and you listen to people talk about how frustrated they are with weight loss, I, I just yeah. want to like go, it's not that hard. All you have to do is this, this, and this, and this, and this. And those are the five pillars in my book. And those will help people lose weight, make more money, find the love of their life, find the home of their dreams. If yeah. you just follow the system and do the work, you can achieve almost anything you want. You can definitely get better at everything yeah. and you can't stop. And so that's really what it comes down to. I just know that everything is a learnable skill and yeah. everything has the opportunity for somebody to get better. And so, listen, I've had tough days. I mean, even three hours before this call, I was frustrated because my mentor, who I bought the business from, he was disappointed with some of the, the articles we'd sent out recently. He's like, these, you know, we've talked about this before, Craig. These, these, you know, listicle articles are not high quality. They're not good enough for your readers. And, you know, when, you're, when you have a mentor that you don't want to disappoint and he's disappointed in you, right. it can kind of throw off your day. And so, you know, I was trying to reframe my mind and I was thinking, you know what, this is positive feedback. This is not a bad thing. We're going to get better. And, but, you know, I could have went the other way and got angry and said, oh, you don't know anything anymore. Um, but, you know, I, that was my first reaction was to resist it, but I embraced it and I'm going to lean into the difficult conversation that I'm going to have with him and my editor and we're going to make better choices and we're going to bring a better essay every day to our clients because I what, what I really want to do at the end of the day is I want to make sure that I'm doing my best and it, it 
it bothers me when I don't make a sale, but it bothers me even more if I didn't do my best in the process. And that's what I, I used to drive me. It's all about self-improvement. I love it. Um, you mentioned one thing about how you love helping people. And I always share this story. It's just me two seconds. But I remember making my first $10,000 a month. I thought it was huge. And I was happy for about five minutes. And then I remember getting my first, this is a, day, a few days later, getting my first real testimonial from someone that I actually worked with for free. But he sent me this testimonial of like how it changed his life. And that, I, I was happy for like two weeks from like knowing that I'm changing people's lives. And I think as coaches, everyone watching this or on the coach's corner anyway has that inside them. But it creates conflict because we would happily work for free. Like I would do this for free. You'd probably do it for free if you had to because you just love it. I do a ton of it for free. Right? So it's just like – But here's the problem. I'll tell you what the problem is and I'm sorry to interrupt you. But I mean you hear this all the time from baseball players. Oh, they do it for free. And and you know what? I think a lot of coaches do coaching for free. I mean we coach our friends. We coach all this stuff. But I learned something the hard way back in 2006. I was working for Men's Health Magazine and they sent me six guys – Six guys, I created a six-week training program for each of these guys. I probably put six hours of work into each of these guys. They paid nothing for this. They were going to be featured in the magazine. They all dropped out after two yeah. weeks. Yeah. You, if, unless you, if you don't pay, you don't pay attention. Yeah. And that's why you have to charge clients because there has to be that level of professional accountability that they look to you and they go, I don't want to disappoint this person. I've invested and that's why we can't do it for yeah. free because when you do it for free, you get disappointed. That's huge. Huge. I love that. Huge. I can relate to that many times. Like disappointment. Mm-hmm. I'll have 30 people into my program. Five of them needed help. They couldn't pay, so I let them in. And they're always the first five to like, not do anything with it. It breaks my heart, but I'm just like – Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. You'll get one out of like 100 that will do it, and that's great. But at the end of the day – you know, all the people that I paid a lot of money for, I paid the most attention to those people. Absolutely. Your skin's in the game. Um, that kind of leads us into the self-doubt solution. So coaches maybe have a self-doubt about charging what they want to charge, um, getting video out there, putting an article out there, running their first ad campaign or whatever they're doing or their first email to the list. Um, I get it all the time. I'll get, I'll get 10 revisions of a video and I'm just like, just use any one of those 10. It's fine. Yeah, right. um, so you kind of I have it right in front of me, the self-doubt solution. Control the narrative. Um, how would you come up with that and what would you if people wanted to kind of do the exercise or go over, get over some self-doubt what some tips strategies you could use yeah so the, so the self-doubt when in controlling the narrative it really means controlling the story that other people see and then the story that runs in your head because both of those are very important for how other people see you and then the confidence that you can have in yourself so if something bad has happened to you, or if you've done something bad in the past, like for me, I've had anxiety. I went to the emergency room twice. If I let somebody else tell that story, it could look like, oh, this was a privileged white kid who just you know, drank and partied, and you know, he deserved it. Or I can tell it from the, the situation where you know, I, was, I was a very successful entrepreneur, and I had no boundaries in my life. I was working all the time. I was going out all the time. Um, I was trying to help so many people, and, and this is all true, obviously. And then, you know, one day I just had this, you know, feeling of impending doom, and it came on this anxiety attack, and it lasted six weeks. And I went to the emergency room twice, and I found out there was nothing wrong with me physically. And I tried all of these things, and I put in place my five pillars of success, and I finally was able to overcome my anxiety, and I'm anxiety free today. So obviously, yeah. which story do I want to be told? Obviously, I want the second one to be told right. because that is the truth. It's it's all the details. And you know, at the retreat, I use the the um, analogy or the examples of you know, you could you know, you 
I'll, I'll use the full one. So imagine it's a dark and stormy night. It's raining. You hear a knock at your door, and there's two people there, and you can only let one of them in. And one of them is an older lady who's helped a lot of people, and the other one is a younger man who's an admitted drug dealer, cheats on his wife. Which one are you going to let in? If you're going to let, it, let in one. Well, obviously, most people are going to let in the older woman. Everybody is. Mm -hmm. But then, same thing. You knock on the door, dark and stormy night. You can only let one person in. There's two people there. One of them is Jay-Z. The other one's Hillary Clinton. Well, who's controlled the narrative better in their life? Jay-Z. Right. Because he told the negative stuff first, whereas she tried to hide a lot of negative right. stuff, and that really hurt her. So that's what it means in terms of sharing your story with the world. Because when you share your story with the world, you're vulnerable, and people love that, and it's really, really important. So that is, that's that part. And then you also need to control the story in your head, which gives you the confidence. Right. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I wish I could freaking, I want to like almost screenshot this control the narrative thing and share it. Or would I get in trouble for that? Oh, go ahead, man. Yeah, go ahead. Share that. I love share that. It. I love Absolutely. that. Um, so moving on from there. So people are now getting over that self-doubt. They're creating their story. They're creating like their struggles. So many health coaches or fitness coaches that I work with, like were in drugs and alcohol or they were self-destructive and fitness saved their life, but they're afraid to share that story. And I think that I try to get them to craft that depending how much they want to share of it into their stories so people can relate to it. Like they came from there to here. I can do that. Too. Tell it all. Yeah. Tell it all. Tell it all. Yeah. My friend John Romanello, who is a massive, massive force in the fitness industry, That's right. hundreds of thousands of followers, he's told about his suicide attempts. And I mean, right. this is a guy who everybody thinks is perfect. He's a model. He's you know buff. He's a New York Times bestselling author. But his biggest response to anything he's ever written has been when he's talking about depression. And people need to hear this and people right. need you to go out there. And it's going to be hard at first, but just do it. Tell your story and that's going to attract a world of people into, you, into your world that are going to be so deeply committed to working with you and stay loyal fans for right. so long. Tell He's like Lewis, I guess. That really kind of really got him going too when he shared that story. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean he didn't tell that story for a long time. He, yeah. tried, you know, he tried to fight it and – and I've had so many people, and this is this is you know kind of bad about my friends, but I had so many people that used to say like, oh, I don't like Lewis because you know he seems fake or something. And then when he when they heard him speak sure. and they've heard his most recent podcast, they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I said that about him. Um, you know, he's an, he's a great interviewer, and, and people are noticing that he, when he's been more vulnerable and he's become a better interviewer, he's having greater influence. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it sucks. It's really hard. But my goodness, it's the stuff that needs to be told. And I'll tell you one other thing. Bedros and I, Bedros Koulian and I were speaking at Joe Polish's big annual Genius Network event. We were speaking there with Tony Robbins and all these great people. And Bedros told this story about how he was uh, abused in Armenia before he came to America. And when we got off the stage, everybody wanted to talk to him about that. I mean, they didn't, they really kind of forgot about the other 45 minutes that he and I talked about discipline and leadership and all this stuff. They just wanted to right. say thank you for sharing because a lot of people sent emails to us later like, oh my goodness, I never told anybody about this. But this right. is the first step to healing other people is when when you help heal yourself by sharing. Right. So cool. So cool. Um, stupid gold stars. Just, just jump right into it. Um, I loved it. I got something out of it. So I was hoping we could share a little bit about it and I'll just let you talk because you, you, you freaking made it. So I won't even worry about talking about what, stupid gold stars. What's that all about? 
Okay, and, and just you know, you can share all of these things with cool. with your world. I mean, I'm I I've created these things, and I know that the more that they are shared, the the, the more it's going to help me in return. And you have so, a digital digital part of it as well. You have a I, I've seen some kind of digital product where they can get all this and more. I think if they get the book, they get a whole package, right? Uh, yeah, but we also these things are going to be in our perfectliferetreat.com videos. So if cool. someone wants to see the entire event, it's going to be available at perfectliferetreat.com. They've got all the worksheets, including this stupid gold stars one. And so the analogy of this is the story that I tell behind this is, you know, imagine you have a little child or if you're a little child and you, you know, you come home from school in, in grade one and you've made this picture and, you know, it's a crayon, messy drawing and you give it to your parents and they're like, oh my goodness, thank you. This is so great. They put it up on the fridge and you get like, it's like a gold star. You, you're rewarded for this. Right. So what happens when we get gold stars? We do more of those things. It's just like when you're training your dog and you, you say sit and the dog sits and you give him a treat. Mm -hmm. And the dog, you know, next time you say sit, the dog will sit because they think they're going to get a treat. And the thing is we can also get stupid gold stars in our life. We can be rewarded for doing the wrong thing. You know, and you and I, Lucas, have both been rewarded by other people for having this reputation of being hard workers and the most productive and disciplined people. And it's, you know, and then, you know, we work 12 hours in a day and people say, oh, yeah, you're, you're hustling and grinding. And then, you know, we work 13 hours the next day and we work 14 hours. And, and the next thing you know, we sacrifice personal lives and we sit there and we slap our heads and we go, what have we done? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's because we were getting positive rewards for things that didn't serve us. And so this, you know, you, everyone who's listening, just take a look at your life and think, where am I getting a gold star from somebody in life? Where am I getting positive reinforcement for something that doesn't serve my life? Mm -hmm. You know, am I getting positive reinforcement like I was back in the day, Lucas, when I lived in my small hometown of Stratford, a hockey town, and I would go out and do binge drinking, you know, with yeah. friends, you know, drinking 12 beers and blacking out and oh, all this man. stuff. Sure. Yeah. And people the next day would say, Oh, that was so awesome. You know? And then you'd be like, yeah, I'm going to do it again next week. But that, you know, didn't serve me. Right. And so you're getting it there. Or maybe you're getting a gold star from somebody in business. Who's like, yeah, man, I really liked how you manipulated that client to, to sell them. Yeah. You're getting clients and you're getting money. You know, some people get sucked into that. And the next right. thing you know, they get a very bad reputation. So you have to be very, very careful about who you allow to give you positive reinforcement and what positive reinforcement you accept into your life. So right. take a look at that. You know, Go through the worksheet that, Lucas, you can share with everybody. And then that will open your eyes like, oh, my goodness, I need to stop uh, you know, doing these things. It gets me to positive reinforcement. Or I have to like, realize that's not positive reinforcement. That's actually leading me down the wrong path. And so it's a very valuable exercise, and it's also really great for people to do with their kids because they might have a little league coach who's a really great coach, but he's getting them to, like, cut corners and cheat a little bit. And, you know, if you allow that to go on, right. that's how kids end up, you know, actually, you know, most sports are a positive thing. But in some cases, you can learn to be a cheater right. because you got reinforced by a coach who was being reinforced for winning. And it's all this uh, vicious cycle, but it needs to be a virtuous cycle when it comes to positive reinforcement. That's so cool. So cool. I got so much value on that. I was like, I was thinking, about, and it's, it's like the first time, I don't know, how, like I'm pretty freaking intelligent. I consider myself pretty intelligent. I can problem solve, but I'm like, how, how am I blind to this? Like sometimes we're just... Everybody's blind, man. <laughs> Everybody's blind. Yeah. So cool. And I think this is one of the more important ones here. The three V formula. Where, where did I put it here? Um, there it is. But I'll let you do it. But the three feet formula, I think you mentioned it on the second day, and I wrote it all down here. I don't think it's in the workbook. 
But I was no, it's not. Myself. It was actually part of my sales presentation because I was showing people that they need to know the three V's for their life. You need to know your values, your vision, and your value. So most coaches, they have a pretty good vision for what they want to do. But if you take a look at what they're doing, it's often misaligned with their goals. And that is because they haven't really thought out their values first. So your values, I ask this question in my workshops to everyone. I say, in the next 20 years, what do you want to have accomplished for all four of your major values in life? And your values are your family, your health, your wealth, and your experiences. And most people will go through and they say, you know, family is, is my most important thing. I want to make sure that I raise well-adjusted children and I want a great relationship with my spouse. And you go, okay. And then by the end of the day, you realize they're working 12-hour days. They're not being home for their children's activities. They're missing out on uh, bath time or story time with their kids. And you go, wait a minute. Let's rewind here. You just showed me your work day and it's totally misaligned with your values of family. Don't you think we need to make some changes here? Right. And yes, that's the answer. So values first. When we get values out, then that drives vision. Okay, where do you want to be in the future? And usually I work backwards from a three-year vision, and we design that personally and professionally. Here are the big accomplishments you want to have achieved in the next three years, and they need to be aligned with your values. Again, sometimes people will say family is my most important value, and then in their vision, all of their accomplishments are around creating massive businesses right. and writing all these books and doing all these things that have nothing to do with family. And I say, how can you have values as you know your family as your number one value, but not have your family in your vision at all? That's misaligned and it's going to cause a lot of stress. So we fix that. Right. And then the final thing that coaches need to know is their value, their monetary value. So let's say that you want to make $100,000 a year. And we'll just use that because the math is really easy. If you want to make $100,000 a year and you want to work a regular 40-hour work week and you want to work 50 hours a week, which you don't, of course, but let's say you did, that means you have to be making $50 an hour in order to make $100,000 in a year. That means your time is worth $50 an hour. Now, if you're going to the UPS store to FedEx documents to somebody or if you're you know, running errands or doing all of your laundry and cleaning your house and making all of your meals, well – you're going to have a hard time making $100,000 because you're doing a lot of $10 an hour tasks. Right. So you have to know your value and then you have to go, okay, I can't be doing customer service emails because that is something I can hire somebody to do for $10 an hour. So I need to get that off my plate so that I can focus more on my $50 an hour tasks, which is coaching people. And then that will expand into increasing your value to $100 an hour and so on and so forth. So most coaches, especially when they start out, are trying to do too many things themselves and you have to get lazy and you have to increase your value in your mind so you stop doing those things. Right. And I know it will be a little bit tough at first because it, may, it might make your budget a little bit tight, right. but eventually you'll have that inflection point where you start making a lot of money and it will be all worth the sacrifices that you've made in paying an admin, uh, you know, a personal assistant to do all of these other things. So right here is usually almost everyone, every mentor that I've had, when we talk about virtual assistants, I do not have a virtual assistant yet. And I've been thinking about it, but I'm like, I'm pretty leveraged with my time. So I think I'm making like excuses for myself not to because I'm a control freak and I want to control the whole thing. But every mentor I've had is always, I should have done it three years sooner than I actually did do it. I should have done it five, I should have done it the second I could, I just didn't. Um, yeah, and, and you know what, it's probably robbing you of about three times as much time sure. as you think it is. You probably think, oh, you know, it only took me half an hour to book this flight. Sure. Well, really, I mean, it's the warm-up time to get in there and the transition time and, 
and the mental energy because you're like, oh, I got to book that flight later on. Sure. No, you just you got to get it off the plate, and um, it's actually better, much better, Lucas, if you have a personal assistant who will do both the digital stuff and then also you know do the groceries, you know do do some of the laundry, do the dry cleaning, all of that stuff. You just right. have to get it off your plate, and you all of a sudden you go, wow, now I have more time to make higher quality videos and yeah. put more mental energy into my sales calls and, and to research my podcast guests, yeah. it'll really open up the doors and, and you'll be liberated. And, and the other thing is that most people don't think about here is that you don't love doing this, but there are people out there who love doing it. They want to be the support to the high performer. Right. And you know, if you're not letting them do it, you're robbing sure. somebody of their life's work. So reframing everything always. Exactly. Um, cool. What else did I have here? It's so much freaking value. Um, okay. Yeah. So you've been a coach for quite a long time. What would you say? And this, I always do a really broad question right at the end. What would you say would be advice for up and coming coaches or coaches kind of just getting into it? Um, and we'll skip the niching and we'll skip the getting really specific on the who. Um, cause I'm a huge believer in like just really figure out laser target who you want to work with and find 20 or 30 people to work with. So let's say someone's targeted on the who they want to work with. To get into that coaching space, to actually start coaching, what would you have someone do if you were coaching? Well, you know, yeah, so we, we, we talked a little bit before. You said, you know, some people are scared to do it or, you know, scared to ask for a price. But uh, there's, there's a great quote, and it's, it's kind of blunt, um, but I heard it from Dan Kennedy, one of my mentors, many times over. And it says, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. And you're thinking, what, what does that even mean? Well, listen, if you're scared to go and offer yourself up as a coach because you haven't coached a lot of people, you have to understand that you still know more than most other people. And as long as you know more than the person you're coaching and you're helping them and you're adding value, you have every right to call yourself a coach. Because otherwise, where would we get started? When would we ever be good enough to coach people, right? Totally. So. You are the king because you know more than the other people. So that's the first place. Now, the second thing is that it is difficult to go from no clients to lots of clients without what I call a hard piece of advice that is, allows you to get a foothold in the industry and build some customers in, in one way. So, you know, I built a career in the fitness industry offering hard advice. Here's the workout you do. You're going to get results. And then over the years, I've also built some coaching, uh, some business coaching stuff, and that allowed me to build a good reputation. And then I was able to go and do this kind of esoteric coaching, you know, vision and values and, and value. I mean, what does that even mean to some people? They don't see the pragmatic value of it. But because of my reputation and my network, I've been able to build this business. Um, and so it's a... It's not going to be easy, but it is simple. So go out there, create some yeah. something that is of clear value to somebody, whether it's a productivity planner, whether it's um, you know a little bit of business advice on how to get started, how to do sales, that sort of stuff. That hard advice gets your foot in the door, gets you customers, and makes it easier for you to sell coaching. Now, I hope I'm not stepping on, on your toes here, Lucas, with the methods that you use, but that worked for me. Yeah. And, then the, and then the other thing is just grow your network. Be a value adder to as many people as possible. Uh, again, I'm fortunate. I'm an older guy. I've been in this in multiple industries for a long time. I have a very large network. But do everything you can to get connected. Start your own podcast because that's going to get connected to people. Um, you know, write articles. Try and get on local media. Do your own Facebook lives. Do all of this stuff. Grow your network. 
send books to people that you think are, are great people and, and thank them. Send thank you cards. I send a thank you card every day to somebody. Some Most of the time I know them. Sometimes I don't. I just want to start relationships. Go to events. Talk to people. I'm relatively introverted, but I've built up a network of thousands of people by going to events and forcing myself to go and have conversations and build it and build it and build it. And that is so powerful. And the thing is, even if it didn't help your business, it's going to make your life so much more rich. And I highly recommend you do it. But it's also really going to help your business too. I think what's – and I think this is what you're saying, so I'm going to clarify. But A, there's like so many – people follow Tony Robbins and want to be a coach like Tony Robbins and – help people like Tony Robbins. So I've, like about a year ago, I cut out all like famous influencers and I look at people actually doing the work who are just a few steps ahead of me. So I look at you, you practice what you preach and you also do the work and you're also transparent. Like already in this podcast, it's stood out three times. You've mentioned personal things that like you've struggled with or just recently you were struggling with or that your mentor on this big website you did called you out on something and like you're Mm -hmm. open to that. And I think more people need to follow people like that like that speak the truth and that don't just show the Ferraris and Lambos and the Jets because that if you're focused on that, you'll never get it. It's, right. that's, that's the outcome of having a big impact. And then also I think what you mentioned was so niching. So like I work sometimes with a business coach who's never had a business. Like I started a personal training business and then I grew that into an online tr- personal training business and a health coaching. And then I built a model on how to build those businesses and now I can teach building that model. I can't teach how to build a seven-figure business because I haven't done that yet. I will down the line. So a lot of people are trying to skip milestones, I think is what you're kind of getting at. And I tell people that all the time is you can't be a, you can't speak on stage until you at least, you know what I kind of mean? Like you I, have- I know what you kind of mean, but I don't think that you can't help somebody build a seven figure business. And in fact, because, because the systems to build a six figure business are not that much different than a seven figure business. And my, my business partner, Matt Smith, who helped me buy early to rise, he said, most people can get to a million dollars based on their personal branding themselves. So, right. you know, a personality-based business can get you to a million dollars and you'll get to a million dollars that way. And then there'll be other ways. One to $10 million is different, right. but you know, up to a million dollars, we can get by just on, on our good looks and charm and, so, and our stories and vulnerability and, and our relationships will get us a long way. So sure. I, I wouldn't discount yourself there, sure. Lucas, but I will say for sure that, you know, you just need to go out and, and do the work. Yeah. And, and you know what, people who are worried about, um, being criticized, the fact is people are already out there criticizing you. I mean, right, maybe they're right. just criticizing you for the shoes that you wear now. And right. when you make money, they'll criticize you for the money that you make. And you know what? That's just life. And those people would never say it to your face. So don't worry about it. Right. Right. Cool. One last thing, and then I'll let you go because I know you're busy. With the anxiety stuff, do you see it's a common trait? I remember about when things started happening really quick for me. I remember driving. And I had to pull over. This happened two or three times in the span of a few days where I had to pull over because I thought like I was going to die and I didn't want to kill somebody. So I had to pull my car over. I just bought a brand new BMW. Things were going really well for me. And I, pu- I had to pull over and just like, like what's happening? Like I was worried or I'd be walking out of a, there's a store in North Van. I bought some food. I'm walking out and I almost dropped the food and there was people around. So I didn't want them to see me panicking. So I had to run to my car and just like, and I've, I've kind of gone through it. And I feel like that's a big trait for people. Like when you're coaching people, successful people, do you, is that like, cause Bedros, man, his story in that, in your retreat, I'm just like, damn, that's like, that's, he had a lot of, on his plate and he's like, he's almost like, he's thinking he's dying crawling downstairs and that hit me so hard of, it seems like a common trait, anxiety. Oh, it's huge. So you're 40 million Americans, 40 million Americans struggle with anxiety. So that's 10, over 10% of the population. 
Uh, it's Everyone more I talk more... to, like medication. Uh, Everyone's on medication that I talk to uh, for anxiety right. or something. So your book is coming out when? Uh, that's a good question. So okay, it might so be out that? in the first quarter, if cool. or I might I might be trying to work with a, a regular publisher on it, and that could take a while. So okay, it really cool. depends on whether or not in the next month what I decide to do with it. But I have a podcast at Early to Rise Radio. I think it's podcast number eight that that goes through everything cool. I did to overcome anxiety, and I highly recommend people listen to it. Awesome. But I'll give you the, the quick Cole's notes on it. Sure. Is just get out of your head. You know, talk to somebody. Get outside in sunshine. Don't sit inside and, and let your wheels spin because that's the worst thing you can do. You need to go and you need to learn how to breathe properly. You need to, uh, you know, whether it's yoga, meditation, Qigong, Tai Chi, whatever it is, go and try some of those things. Learn to breathe through your belly. Calm yourself down. And those things will help you when it gets really bad. But then also, you know, make sure you go to the hospital. Make sure there's nothing wrong with you. Uh, talk it out. Talk therapy is really important. But just making sure that – and then also just go and be generous to other people. Get involved. Get outside of your mind. Go to a homeless shelter and, and vote, you know, volunteer your time. Right. Give, you know, give away and you'll realize, oh my goodness, it's not all about me because I think that's where we end up. Um, when we're overwhelmed with opportunity, when we're overwhelmed with work, when we're overwhelmed with the thoughts in our head, that's when our brains just can't handle it. Why are they so quick to give out? I'm I'm ha I'm lucky. I came from a European family who like I don't think I ever got even any shots at school. Like I wasn't allowed to take any medication, any shots. That's not even a part of my. I don't, I don't have a like even a Tylenol bottle in the home. Um, so yeah. I was fortunate I was raised away. But why are people so quick to oh something's wrong with me? Medication. Oh ADD medication. Well, I mean, I think it's an easy solution. I mean, because it's it was hard work. I mean, I right. I literally spent six weeks, Lucas, feeling I was having a heart attack. Right. I mean, from I slept four hours a day from 11 p.m. till 3 a.m. The anxiety woke me up. If I had tingles from the top of my head down to the end of my fingertips, tight chest, elevated heart rate, couldn't breathe, six weeks wow. straight, wow. every single minute of the day. I went to the emergency room twice during that time. I couldn't concentrate on anything, my work, my workouts. I was trying to live a normal life, but I couldn't. And, you know, I, I, I was ashamed and all this stuff. What was so, the cause? What was the cause? Yeah, like was something going on in life? Um, no, it, it was just – it was a matter of I was really successful. Okay. I was working all the time and I was going out three nights a week and being hungover right. and, and a lot of caffeine, right. you know, vodka Red Bull and all that stuff. Right. And so all of that catches up to you. And also I'm a type A personality, so I'm, I'm wound up really tight. I'm very laced right. up. Um, I think it was probably, I think all this stuff catches up to entrepreneurs in their late thirties or even early thirties, especially if you've had trauma as a child. And so I didn't have physical abuse, but my father was emotionally abusive. And so, you know, dealing with that, trying to process that and being just a classic guy, like Lewis said, I mean, where I grew up, you don't share that stuff. You just hold it in and, and, you know, instead of crying about it, you get in a fight with somebody sure. and, sure. you know, and, and Lewis grew up in Ohio and he talked about that. You know, you don't tell people about you know, abuse, you just hold it in and you bury it inside of yourself. And, and I'm not, and I, I would not be surprised if that, uh, will take years off my life, all this stuff that I've held in on come that, but that's what caused it for me. And, you know, it would have been so much easier for me to just go and get a pill. Yeah. And I know friends who had some, you know, they, they, cause my, my friends who had partied had anxiety attacks right. and they had Xanax and they had all this stuff. But I was like, I'm not going down that road. I don't want any pills in my life either. And I did the work and I was fortunate to overcome it. And, but for most people, 
they're going to go and take the, you know, the instant relief, not the easy way out. I won't call it that because you shouldn't be ashamed for taking the pill because it's that relief you need. You're just like, right. oh my gosh, what is going on? I just need to get over this right. and you'll do anything and it's okay, sure. but don't, you know, don't get hooked on it hopefully um, and explore all these other methods and do everything you can to get healthy again if you're struggling with it. But a lot of it starts with don't let yourself get overwhelmed in the first place. Have those rules and boundaries in place. Know your values and then set limits. You know, like you could work 24 hours a day. I mean, there's so much stuff you could do as a coach, all these lead generation methods, all these social medias, all these things, but you have to draw a line somewhere, right? You have to draw a line at like, listen, I just slept eight hours. I'm sure I can go another two hours without checking my Instagram. Right. Yes, you can. Draw that line. Right. You know, I worked until 5 p.m. today. I can probably stop now or I can work till seven, but you know what? My family needs me. So I got to draw the line here. So put those boundaries in place and boundaries. And this is why I talk about in the book, structure equals freedom. When I had no, when I had true, when I had, sorry, not true freedom. When I had what I thought was freedom in my life, I could work all the time. I could party all the time. That's when I ended up with problems. And I call that the paradox of freedom. And you see that with like Mike Tyson, he had nobody around him controlling his spending and he went broke after making $300 million. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was going down a bad place because I had no boundaries. But when I put structure into my life, then I ended up with true freedom because yeah. I was free to enjoy myself when I put rules into place for how much I would work. I was able to enjoy my life again. I made a video right after you think, I, I don't know if I shared that, but it was rules versus laws. And you talked about rules, but I created laws in my life. And those laws, when I break them, I'd have anxiety. So like all of a sudden, the day wouldn't go how I planned it. My rules, you know, I, I, I created laws. I don't know if that makes sense. And I, that's the biggest thing. One of the biggest things I got away from your retreat. And I made a video and an article on it because right away I was like, I'm going to change it back into rules. But if I break a rule, if I, if I don't sleep that well or if you know, a family member needs me and I leave day and I don't work on my Friday when I'm supposed to work, I used to beat myself up all day for it. So mm. turning laws back into rules. And I love that. Got it. Got it. Thanks, Craig. That's awesome. Thank so you. if people want to look you up, Instagram? Instagram.com forward slash real Craig Ballantyne is my favorite social media these days. Cool. And then uh, grab my book at freeperfectdaybook.com. Free Perfect Day Book. Is it free? You betcha. It's free plus shipping. Plus shipping, right on. You got that model. That's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. That, that, that. And any other links? I'm going to post them below and I'll grab a little email for your bio. But any other links that you earlytorise.com where we have thousands of articles on building your business and improving your health, wealth, cool. and, and your future. Cool. And when's your next date for your retreat? You're doing this again next year, like the big two-day event? Yeah. November 8th and 9th, 2018 for our next Perfect Life retreat. And then I do uh, probably two or three Perfect Life workshops every month. So people can check that out at perfectlifeworkshop.com. Those are like one-day workshops? Yep. Yeah, cool. And then they get mentoring, email mentoring after that. So cool. Thank you, Craig. That's yeah, awesome. I'll see you at one of those soon, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. What is going on? Welcome to the Coach's Corner, a podcast dedicated to helping coaches get more clients, make more money, and book themselves solid. I'm your host, Lucas Rubik, the Coach's Coach, and I am 100% committed to helping you build the coaching business of your dreams. Welcome to the Coach's Corner. <laughs>